This is an encore episode of Ask Me Another. Previously on Ask Me Another, famous Canadian Ophira Eisenberg was about to take her U.S. citizenship test. This is the number one question on my study materials. What did the Declaration of Independence do? Uh, I mean, technically, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) This week, the exciting conclusion. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, fellow American Jonathan Colton. Oh, come on. Really? (laughs) It happened? (laughs) Went this morning. I went this morning, and I was tested for my U.S. citizenship exam. And you did it. You know, you wait in line and all these things, and uh, obviously it's also COVID on top of that, so everyone's very distanced. There's there's still a lot of people there, but it's less people. But it is very much a government process kind of Take a ticket and wait in line over here, and then wait in line over here. I got a ticket. And then uh, I got called in, and it was this guy, this man, and uh, seemed like he, you know, he had a personality. He was uh, kind of chatty and nice, which is great. That's good. That's good. The best part, I think, of the whole thing was he says, are you employed? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, what's your job? And I said, I host a public radio show. And he said, ask me another no, come yes. on. And you got then a I fan? said, Yeah, and I said, <laughs> Yes. And he said, Yeah, I've seen you guys at the Bell House a bunch of times. Oh man. And I said, This is I said, now you're the quiz master. And he <laughs> said, he goes, Yeah, now I'm the quiz master. Uh and then we went to the test, which is now computer generated. You know? Uh-huh. Um, so it's a, out of a hundred questions, I'm gonna be asked ten. And the first question was what did the Declaration of Independence do? Oh, which we were just talking about. The answer <laughs> being nothing. Yeah. And I said it declared that America was free from Great Britain. And he was like, yes. And then he goes, you know what? It is a trick question. And then he said exactly what you said, Jonathan, which I said, I See? named you. And I said, that's what Jonathan Colton said. He said, because the Declaration of Independence didn't actually do anything. It just declared and announced. I was like, that's what Jonathan Colton said. Oh, man. I love this. I love that I made I made an appearance in your citizenship test. That's all right. That's great. So it was, uh, yeah, it was like really nice. And then he was like, okay, you're going to come back Friday morning for your swear-in ceremony. Oh, the swear-in ceremony. That's yeah. right. So yeah. it's not official. It's not official until you are actually sworn in. Right. Although when I did get my paperwork for with the exact thing written down as to when my swear-in ceremony is, the woman handing it to me said, congratulations and welcome oh. to America. Oh, I know. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, something happened. It's done. Well, now the hard work begins because now, now it's time for us to to do our fully American. That's right. Radio program. I know. I know. And I know who's listening. So I really want to do a good job. This is going to be the best show ever. (laughs) Today's special guest is world renowned cellist Yo Yo Ma. And this is one of my favorite interviews. 
He'll talk about playing cello at a COVID vaccination site, and we played a game about classical samples in pop songs. Plus, we have two chefs on the show, Sola L. Whaley of the web series Ancient Recipes and Stella Parks, author of the cookbook Brave Tart, and they'll improvise recipes based on random ingredients we found in our actual kitchens. And from Veep, actor Timothy Simons joins us to play a game with producer Theodore Bresman. So let's do it. We're pretty excited to have two chefs on our show. Sola El Whaley has a new web series on the History Channel called Ancient Recipes with Sola. And Stella Parks is the author of the best-selling cookbook, Brave Tart, Iconic American Desserts. Sola, Stella... Welcome to Ask Me Another. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, So, Sola, you host this amazing show, Ancient Recipes, with Sola. And, you know, (laughs) so in this, you're recreating the oldest version of a dish that we may all be familiar with. What is the oldest one that you've covered? I I don't know. They're all so old. And uh, (laughs) I I get really confused when you talk about, like, BCE and AD, because the numbers go in the opposite direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm right. like, wait, which one's older, 700 or 1,000 <laughs> or 20? So <laughs> right. they're, all, they're all old. Uh, Stella, you know, as someone who wrote one of the, well, it's in the name because you wrote uh, a best-selling book called Brave Tart, but you cannot argue that during the course of the last year, home baking became the way that people made themselves feel better about their life, especially with the bread baking. And have you been doing more bread baking as well? Um, No, I'm I'm actually not baking at all. Um, I'm kind of enjoying a little bit of like a (laughs) detox sabbatical time. I'm just kind of like reevaluating my relationship with baking right now. So I've taken the complete opposite path because, you know, for me, it's not like Baking is not like a relaxing activity. And, you know, people, I think, historically have always been like, oh, don't you just love your job? You get to bake all day. I'm like, my job is a job. I have to, like, do work all day. Um, and I, I, I enjoy my work, um, but it's work. And so it, when I'm not working, I, I'm not generally like, my God, I can't wait to preheat the oven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Estella, are you ready for your first game? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. So in this game, Jonathan and I have each brought a bunch of ingredients from our actual kitchens. I have no idea what Jonathan has brought to the table. He has no idea what I have. But on the count of three, we are just going to reveal an ingredient. And then you can both give us some ideas of how we could incorporate these two ingredients into the same dish. To make it easier, you also have access to the Ask Me Another Pantry. (laughs) Okay. Which is full of all just kinds of things. Yeah, everything. Just all everything. the foods. So, all right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Count of three, Jonathan. Okay. One, two, three. Wow. I, okay. Oh, we are, we've oh. got, we started easy. This, I, is, I, this I, is easy. <laughs> I brought some, uh, a little carton of black beans. <laughs> a, that's a carton of, of black it's beans? It's a carton. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know they came in cartons. I think I bought it for the package. I was like, square beans. <laughs> I have a bag of uh, heirloom forbidden rice, which is not allowed. I mean, there's so much you can do. It's the base for so many meals. This is the foundation of civilization. <laughs> yeah. It's true. This is not really much of a stumper, is it? 
<laughs> no, what can't you do? It's harder. Here, let me change my let me change my ingredient. And I'll make it more interesting. Okay. Pretend that you guys are happen. cheating. Yeah. Yes. Well, we now are. we're cheating. <laughs> we're just trying to make good radio here. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Oh, you'll like this. What do you have there? I have some dried dried pineapple rings. Ooh, excellent. And they're old, and they've oxidized a little. <laughs> they've turned a little dark. Well, I feel like you could, it would be really nice to cut up the pineapple and do like a refried bean situation with a little bacon and the pineapple, a little sweet, a little salty. Mm. Yeah, you I know, like put that. Put it on a tostada with uh-huh. a fried egg. I don't know. I'm in yes. that. Yeah, that sounds delicious. That sounds really good. I'm thinking of like an an upside a pineapple upside down like bean fritter. Oh. As um just kind of like a a a little a wacky like appetizer type of situation. So, okay, so would you put the how does that work? Do you would you put the beans within the so pineapple? So you make a normal like I don't know if you've ever made like a black bean fritter kind of situation, but like when you go to like griddle it up, fry it up, like, you know, just like stud some of the, the pineapple pieces into it. Yeah. I mean, it has to be cake. <laughs> right, it right. It has, to be, it has to be some kind of a cake, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. More challenging. Okay, ready? All right. Well, ready? Yeah. Here we go. I bring to you semolina flour. Oh, this is... Okay. This is a smoky scape relish. Ooh. I, I love You guys escape. are on, like... You're connected on some level. <laughs> this is perfect together. Oh, yeah? We're so going to wh- make a very simple, fresh uh, taglatel and just toss it in escape relish. You're done. Dinner. <gasps> oh, man. You're telling me make pasta out of flour? That's insane. You can't do that. <laughs> well, I have a question, though. What is a, what is escape? <laughs> uh, okay, Stella, you're going to have to help me. But isn't it like the, the thing that shoots out of the garlic? Yeah, the garlic launch pod and it's like a stem that comes up in the middle of the garlic and it has like a little baby looking garlic on the very end of it it looks like a dr seuss character how are you going to turn this into cake <laughs> like i would do a, like you know make a scone like swirl some of that scape relish into there mm. make a oh, scone i like that oh that's good yeah the i'm into that you're going to turn everything into cake it's all cake this is my personal limitation <laughs> all right shall we do one more jonathan uh, yes, let's do one more. Okay. Here, one more ingredient mashup. I bring you onion soup. Or oh, what is it? It's actually onion recipe soup and dip mix. Oh, that's that makes a good onion dip, my friend. I, I have some pickled beets. Wow. This one's hard. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I'm going to make a cake. Yes, you yeah. are. Okay, <laughs> better. Let's hear. Let's hear about this onion beet cake. Just, so I, I feel like the the onion soup mix would be like it's great. We're gonna use that. We're just gonna use that as a flavoring. Um, and the beets, we're just gonna puree them in there. We're gonna embrace that this is just gonna be a savory as hell cake. Um, it, it's gonna be a gory, bright red color. It's, it's gonna taste like onion <laughs> it's soup. It's gonna be horrific. What if we do one of the pandemic uh, fads and make focaccia? <gasps> oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. Beat focaccia and sprinkle the onion packet on top. Oh, yeah. Into it. Yeah, that's, that to- that's totally good, too. I like, I like it. You can have a little bit yeah. of my smoky scape relish on top if you want. <laughs> Bring it all together. Honestly, it's now it's a party. See, you, you both proved that there is no ingredient 
in your pantry that is not worth something fantastic and fabulous just with a little bit of uh, creativity or just um, making them into a cake. Just thinking everything is cake. Just, yeah, it's gotta be cake. That solves almost every problem, actually. It's a philosophy. (laughs) More with chefs Sola El Whaley and Stella Parks after the break. Plus, from Veep, Timothy Simons will play a game about libraries. Will he do he decimate the competition? And a little later, cellist Yo-Yo Ma. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with chefs Sola L. Whaley and Stella Parks. Are you ready for another one? Oh, yes. Bring it. So this time you are going to be competing. Sola and I don't have a good track record competing against each other. No. (laughs) How how so? (laughs) We just end up drinking and complimenting each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know, that's a great friendship. <laughs> Just get really drunk and talk about how great you are. <laughs> a few drinks in, we're like contemplating body piercings together. It's, you know. <laughs> so before the show, we asked you, what would you like to play a game about that isn't food related? And you both came up with a lot of different topics. We took some of these things that you told us and combined them into a game we call Category Is. And here's how it works. We're going to start to list a bunch of things that all have something in common. And as soon as you think you know what it is, just yell out the answer. Okay. Uh, And of course, all of these things have something to do with your interests, which may include video games, The Office, Bjork, Dogs, (laughs) Dogs, <laughs> tarot cards, Marvel, interior design, horror movies, or Japanese onomatopoeia. All right, Stella, here's your first clue. What do these things have in common? The world. Okay. The moon. Tarot. Yes! Wow. Well done! What? Well that was amazing. Done. Two that items was... in. <laughs> All right, so here's one for you. What do these people have in common? Okay. James Rhodes. Sam Wilson. Hope Van Dyne. Clint Barton. Carol Danvers. T'Challa. Are they all Avengers? That is correct. They are the real (laughs) names of Marvel superheroes. Oh, God. That made me so nervous. Yeah, I can tell you're very nervous. Okay. All right, Stella, this is for you. Stand up. Shh. Shh. Bjork lyrics? Yes. Wow. (laughs) This is amazing to watch. Wow, you're impressive. (laughs) That is uh, right. Stand up is from Army of Me. Shh. Shh is from Stella. You can do this for me. Remember the name? Do you know the? That's from. It's oh so quiet. It's oh so quiet. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. Solo. What do these people have in common? Tree Gelbman, Sally Hardesty, Laurie Strode, Nancy Thompson, Sydney Prescott, 
Ellen Ripley. Are they horror movie related? They are. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Those are all horror movie characters. Uh, they are all characters who survive until the end, making them uh, members of what is known as the the final girl trope. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you? I, I mean, seriously, you like horror movies? Like right now, you could watch a horror movie. You're okay with that? I, I only watch horror movies. I like to be scared. I watch a little bit of horror movie every night before bed because then <laughs> oh <my laughs> it, wow. it helps me sleep at night. So That's instead of hilarious. worrying about, well, I don't have to worry about real things. I have nightmares about fake things, which I think is better than the anxiety of looming deadlines and stuff. Oh, that's a great point. Because when you wake up, you can be like, there's no clown coming to kill me. That's not a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. But wait a second. Is there not a world where there's no nightmares? What about that? Oh, <laughs> like, well. oh yeah. Well, we, I haven't figured that on, one out here. yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen The the Boy? No. no. What's that? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a, it ends up being like there's a secret person living in the walls and we just moved into this apartment that has two windows that don't go anywhere. When I'm stressed, I like to fantasize that there's a secret person living there who's going to murder me. And then it calms me down. Am- amazing. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever helps you sleep, Sola. That's all I care about. <laughs> whatever helps you sleep. Uh, this is amazing. Thank you so much for being part of these games. Sola L. Whaley's new web series with the History Channel is called Ancient Recipes with Sola. And Sola Parks is the author of the best-selling cookbook, Brave Tart. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Our next two contestants are amazing. Timothy Simon starred as Jonah Ryan on Veep, and he stars in the sci-fi animated comedy The Pole, which is about a scandal involving Saint Nick himself. The series is co-created and produced by Theodore Bresman. Tim, Teddy, welcome to Ask Me Another. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Excellent. So I just, I just want to dive right in because, um, you know, as I'm looking at what you both have been up to over the course of a time where there has not been a lot going on, uh, I got to just commend you, kind of been doing a lot in this pause of a life. Well done. I will say, like, I, I am very lucky in the sense that, like, I have been pretty busy work-wise, but, and I also have been running a homeschool yeah, how's that going? Uh, terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. It's it's yeah. awful. Not nothing. Right. <laughs> one thing that I've learned is that your kids will speak to you in a way that they would never speak to another adult human because they ultimately know they don't know specifically that it's illegal for me to just leave them somewhere. <laughs> but they know in their hearts that I love them too much to ever get rid of them. Yeah. But they know uh, I, that a babysitter uh, or a teacher doesn't. Yeah. I will say this, though. The one time that I, like, was Zooming with Tim and saw his child, out of nowhere, his son walked into the room, hugged him, said, I love you, and then left. Oh, that sounds terrible, Tim. Well, look, <laughs> Teddy saw the one moment in the last 384 days that was good. <laughs> right. He was doing it for show. 
Yep. <laughs> okay, so the current animated series that you have going together, just to describe it for everyone, it's like a scandal involving Santa Claus. Uh, I would say that it's adult content, right? <laughs> this is this is don't watch the trailer with your kids around necessarily. There's some language and mature ideas. Yeah. It feels to me like two very funny friends created this together out of like an ongoing inside joke. Well, this was a pilot that me and my friend, um, the student Matt Bass, wrote a while ago. And like one of the things that we really thought about is like there's obviously such a massive amount of Christmas content. What what we're interested in is taking a view on the North Pole like the other 364 days out of the year. We really wanted it to like not air remotely near Christmas and like really just like be about the political machine of toy production. <laughs> and then that quickly like gave us this idea to build what, like a metaphorical corollary to like the current divide in America. Mm-hmm. We felt like the naughty list in particular is sort of like <laughs> could be like mined as a as a very stringent, like by the book, unfair evaluation without context of child behavior. So uh, so that kind of like got us going. And then we just got deep down this rabbit hole of like 90s partisan <laughs> politics. Like, That's what the show is. It's, it's, uh, and it's short form. So it's completely insane. But I would, I would definitely watch it. It's, uh, it is. <laughs> All right, let's let's chat some more, but let's play some. Let's play a game. All right, let's play a game, guys. Yeah, sure. uh, all right, we have a game for you that's multiple choice. This first one's multiple choice. Mm-hmm. It's called the history of libraries. <laughs> wow! Uh, yes, very sexy, very sexy I game. No, Tim, what makes the Haskell Free Library unique? Is it A, that it's located on the Vermont-Quebec border, so part of it's in the United States and part of it is in Canada? Is it B, at night, it turns into a speakeasy called The Stacks? Or is it C, that instead of charging late fees, they pay you for returning books early? Um, I grew up in Maine, and there is a very weird fascination with like uh, the like the sort of playground stories that you hear about kids whose backyards are in Canada, but the front <laughs> their front door is in the United States. Uh, so um, just just going off that, uh, I'm going to go with A that uh, part of it is in Canada and and part of it is in the United States because that would be like a very Vermont thing. You are correct. Yeah, but my question is, while in the library. Can they, Americans and Canadians, can they fall in love? (laughs) Wow. Here's one for you, Teddy. Up until 2016, how would librarians at the 42nd Street location of the New York Public Library find the book you wanted? This is up until 2016. A, they'd say, hey, I'm reading over here, and ignore your request. B, junior librarians would spend their first year running up and down flights of stairs filling requests. Or C, a system of pneumatic tubes and Ferris wheel-like conveyor belts. Whoa. I do, I have a vision in my head of someone like tugging the ear of one of those lions outside and then that like (laughs) starting this process. So I'm going to go with C. You are correct. I mean, you were correct that it is C. (laughs) I don't think the lion's ear is involved in any way. But yeah, they have a... They it doesn't. The book doesn't come out of the library. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing! <laughs> Only in a cool movie about a library heist. <laughs> okay, Tim. Mm-hmm. The Library of Congress is the largest active library in the world and home to one of the smallest books. 
Uh, it's called Old King Cole. How small is this book? Is it A, the size of a number two pencil eraser? Is it B, about the size of a period at the end of a sentence? Or is it C, the size of an entree at a very expensive restaurant? And I'm going with A. Yeah, you're incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is B. The answer is B. (laughs) All right, Teddy. How do some libraries in Portugal protect their books from pests? A, all visitors must wear hair nuts, booties, and gloves to avoid bringing in pests from outside. B, the libraries are home to bat colonies that come out at night to eat any bugs or pests. Or C, they built their pests their own mini library where they can eat as many books as they want. (laughs) I think I got to go B. I mean, that B B seemed like the realistic choice there. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And there are, wow. actually, there are actually two libraries from the 18th century that keep a colony of bats behind the stacks, and they re- release them at night to protect the books from pests. I actually confused my answer. I was meaning to answer A there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I thought that the hairnet one was the realistic one. No, that is incorrect. I'm so – all right, cool. Well, that's great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing games with Timothy Simons and Theodore Bresman. Are you ready for another one? Are you ready for another game? I'm ready for it. Yeah, definitely. This is a music game, which means Jonathan is going to sing you the clues in the game called Not a Lot of Hair Metal. Right. So we, we rewrote the lyrics of classic hair metal songs to make them about fictional characters who do not have a lot of hair. So you will earn full credit if you tell me any of the following things. The name of the character that I'm singing about, the work the character comes from, which sometimes I actually mention in the lyrics, or (laughs) the title of the song that I'm parodying, or the artist who made the song famous. There's so many ways to win. Or just say the word library and you'll get a point. (laughs) Okay. So you guys are going to work together on this one, so feel free to talk it out. Okay, here we go. Here's the first one. Welcome to the Matrix, now you must decide If you take the red pill, then I will be your guide I will teach you Kung Fu, but the truth is pretty odd The world's a simulation and your body's in a pod That's just the Matrix, welcome to the Matrix So just come on with me Okay, this is is gonna sound like I'm joking Mm -hmm. But I watched both Matrix sequels last night. What? Wow. So, okay, you're talking about Morpheus. We're talking about Morpheus, exactly. And you're talking about... From the Matrix. From the Matrix. Yeah. And I don't want to go too far off here, but as a person who watched both of the Matrix sequels last night, I can tell you without reservation that those are two of the worst movies that I've ever seen. (laughs) All right, I, I have to ask, did you know the name of the song that I was uh, parodying in that question? Uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome yeah. to the Jungle, that's right, Guns and Red. That's right. All right, here's another, here's another question. I've only got one arm, but even so I drove the rig down Fury Road and I killed Joe I found redemption and I got to change and grow And I think you'll agree Although Max is here, you mostly witness me 
here I go again on my own. Yeah, that's right. White the, Snake, the great White Snake. Is is it Charlize Theron's character from Mad Max? It is. Yes, uh, would be uh, I, uh, Imperator Furiosa. Yeah, that's Ooh, correct. Yeah. So you guys aren't going to believe this. <laughs> what? No. But Come, three okay, nights no. ago, I watched no Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like I am joking. That's amazing. But I am not. I, I'm, I watch Mad Max Fury Road, this is not a joke, once a month. It is, uh, it's one of my favorite road trip movies. <laughs> 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 All right, this is the last this is the last clue of this game. In the weird world of commercial art He's a mascot who sure looks the part is he a genie He's dressed head to toe in sparkling white so ironic that my dreams at night are way dirty. <laughs> Is that Sister Christian? Oh, uh, Sister course, Christian. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, okay. I feel like like Mr. Clean is like, what led to the creation of that character? I actually didn't know it was Mr. Clean till the very last line. I was oh. for a second. I was like, uh, "Who's like the dirty sp- dreams line?" Yeah, what? <laughs> Maybe I just revealed something about myself. <laughs> no, it was the the idea of cleaning. I was I was lost in the sparkle. I'm not saying that the so United good. States should license people to have children, but I do also want to say that I am allowed to have children, and I still don't know how a Mister Clean magic eraser works. I had, to be honest, I had my neighbor show me how to use one. She was like, these things are amazing. You've never used it. And she brought it over. And she was like, look at this mark on your wall. And she started doing it. And it just completely took the paint off. And I was like, get out of my house. Stop what you're doing. Uh, You guys did great in that game. Just, I mean, thank you so much. Timothy Simon stars in the sci-fi animated series The Pole, co-created and produced by Theodore Bresman, and the finale airs on April 21st. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. This is really fun. Thank you. After the break, I'll talk to cellist Yo-Yo Ma. It's awesome. He's awesome. And listening to this may even make you a better person. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. Yo-Yo Ma is a world-renowned cellist. He has 18 Grammy Awards and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You can hear him in the new Audible original series, Words and Music, free to U.S. listeners. Yo-Yo Ma, welcome to Ask Me Another. Hello. Hello to you, (laughs) Ophira. I'm so happy to be on your show. So I saw a video uh, that you 
brought your cello with you to your second vaccination and then took a moment to play for everybody. Now, did you set out beforehand? Did you say, listen, I'm going to I'm going to play when I come there or spontaneous? No, actually, it was my our daughter who was much more uh, technologically able than her aging parents, uh, uh, you know, went onto her laptop and searched far and wide and found a place in in Western Massachusetts uh, that we could get um, vaccinated. Uh, so we went there and, and I had my cello uh, in the car. I said, well, maybe I should leave the cello in the car. My wife said, you know, it's not insured if it's stolen <laughs> in the car. I think you should take wow. it in. I said, yeah, but you know, it's kind of awkward to bring a cello into a vaccination place. Listen, you know, she gave me the that look, you know, that <laughs> you're going to take that in. Says, okay, would you mind like if we go, we sign in, maybe I'll pass it to you and you, you know, you kind of go with it. And, and she said, fine. And, um, and then so she goes ahead of me and gets her vaccination. They said, you know, this cello, you played. And she says, no, that's my husband. And so I'm next. And they said, oh, so you have your cello. Are you going to play? I said, of course I'm going to okay, play. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, because, you know, you don't want to make a scene, right? You don't want to go in and say, hi, uh, I'm here to get my vaccination. I thought I'd play for you. Said, no, we don't want you to play for us. Just get out. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I, I, I appreciate this talk of humility. I really do. But let's also understand, you know, I'm pretty sure... Yo, yo, that they're going to say yes. Yeah, I mean, of, of, of all the sure. people, of all the people to provide unasked for cello yeah, music, I feel like, like you okay. are qualified. <laughs> you got three minutes. <laughs> now scat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, things to do. And, and how did it feel uh, performing at that vaccination site? Oh, listen, look, I, I love to play in, you know, all kinds of places, and yeah. and what was lovely uh, was that there was a, a an elderly gentleman who obviously needed the music because he just turned his chair around, came really close but socially distanced, and the whole time I was playing, he put his head in his hands and he was just kind of drinking it in like oh. like he needed something, and other people came and. You know, just walked over, snapped a photo, and sure. you know, and 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 so you got all kinds of people. You know, it's like, and one person when I uh, left said, "Yeah, that was really nice. Uh, do you do you uh, do you play with the Boston Symphony?" I said, "Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes I do." And you know, that was yeah. enough to answer their question. And, and when they're lucky, people, you know, did you say that? When they're lucky? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> when I need a job. <laughs> Give me a job, please. And so, so it was just you know. But that's what's so wonderful. It, I think the person who gave uh, my wife and me the the vaccination, uh, she said, you know, it's such a privilege to be doing this. And I thought, yeah, it's such a privilege to see this whole place of people, volunteers, just yeah. manning the tables and the lists and just just. You know, everything was well-organized, well-ordered, and it was just a ultimate demonstration of people doing civic duty. Absolutely. You know, it's like, yes, this is who we are. This is, you know, this is the country that I think we live in. In every local community, people are just 
giving of their time and abilities uh, for the public good. And they were coming through gangbusters. Yeah. I mean, as someone who travels yourself consistently all all the time for work, that changed, of course, in March, uh, and you were at home, although, you know, you did many performances both over Zoom and what have you, as well uh, outside uh, on a flatbed truck. Uh, Best way to perform. (laughs) (laughs) Was it the best way to perform? (laughs) I tell you, it was so liberating to go, and there was this wonderful arts company in Pittsfield who actually provided uh, the backdrop, and they distributed these um, these hula hoops, you know, because we were limited to 25 people. So huh. they found a really lovely way to put, you know, these circles out on the ground and oh, colored yes. circles and people just knew exactly where to be. And, and it, we could only play 15 minutes because that was the amount of time allowed to be in one place right. at gathering. It, it felt a little bit like when we were in grade school, we were we'd be carted around from place to place. <laughs> yes. Okay. Just sort of like here and we are now. You do this. Okay. Now you do that. So it's like you know, it was great. And all all the pretenses are gone. Yeah. 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 And we even went to it like a dairy farm, uh, a wonderful dairy farm, and there were like a whole bunch of cows by by the fence. And I, I wish I, I could have a photograph of this because by the end of our playing. All the cows had moved over <laughs> towards our side of the fence, which is kind of, I mean, they were drawn to something, right? You know, I don't know what it was, but I, I wanted to say, listen, the next day's milk, make sure you taste it. <laughs> it's going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. Is it sweeter? Is, is it, it sweeter? Or maybe not. Or maybe, or maybe not. not. Oh, I see. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, this batch is off. Yeah. Uh, not that batch. <laughs> But you were just, you know, speaking of just feeling like you were in grade school um, being carted around, you know, your recent episode of the Audible series, Words and Music, where you talk about your life and career, is called Beginner's Mind, Mm. because it's basically about reclaiming that curiosity and openness and learning to approach things as if it was for the first time. How do you use that mentality in your own career? Well, I think this is one thing that, that, uh, as a performer, I try and do every time I get on stage because it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It's what you do right now is what counts, right? Nobody cares how well you might have or badly you might have played the day before. And so, and in <laughs> fact, right? He says, I'm sorry, I messed up tonight's performance, but yesterday was really good. <laughs> you should have been there. <laughs> and but I think ultimately what what I love about a beginner's mind is that uh, what you you get to be uh, receptive to what's around you. It allows you to be present without judgment. It's like every place people are concerned about slightly different things, mm-hmm. and being able to talk to people who are, you know, at the airport or this the cab driver or, you know, someone at the grocery store, you know, just find out, how's it going? What's, yeah. <laughs> what's going on in your life? You know, because in the evening, you're playing for them. And mm-hmm. if I know who they are and I know what's on their minds, you know, I'm 
better able to deliver something that m might be palatable to them. Mm -hmm. I also just have to ask, in 2018, you did NPR's Tiny Desk, and you brought your famed 1712 Stradivarius. There's something like 60 or 63 of these in the world. How did you obtain it? Well, the nice thing is I didn't obtain it, but I get to play on it for life, but somebody else owns it. And you know what's great about that is the fact that, um, you know, for all, almost for all of the time that strads have been in existence, they've always been just a little bit out of the reach of players because, uh, you know, they were so beautifully made that they were uh, very often snapped up by collectors. And for the third time in the life of this cello, it was made available to a player. And so it, it, it has something to it that I think gives it a very special soul, you know? It's like mm. there's, a, there's a generosity in its spirit. And, and so I, I feel incredibly privileged to, you know, to be a temporary custodian of this, of this instrument. You know, this cello is older than the United States, <laughs> you know, right? It's, yes. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's 64 years older than the United States. And it's still producing, you know, the fibers are still vibrant, the wood, you know, it's like, it, there's something wonderful about that. What is the personality of that particular instrument? Does it... Uh, it's does just it, like you. It's just like me, bright, <laughs> charming. Absolutely. Resilient and, you know... It has bangs. With, uh, it has bangs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Okay, we have, uh, we have a game for you. Okay. This is, this is an exciting moment. Would you, would you like to play a game with us, Yuma? I'd love to play a game with you. <laughs> Great. So this is a game about contemporary pop songs uh, and that quote classical music. We are going to play you a clip of a pop song, and you have to identify the classical piece that is being quoted. Okay. Well, I can tell you something. Yes. I am known within my family as being <laughs> the idiot. <laughs> How? I would walk into the room. There's a piece of music playing on the radio, and I can identify a cello. Nice piece. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I wonder what it is. I, I, I don't think I know the cellist, but I'd like to get to know the person. And Jill's asking me, so do you know, what, uh, you know, what's the piece? What's the piece? Do you know? He says, I don't know, but it's very beautiful. Turns out it's something that I recorded. And, <laughs> and I just, com I've completely erased it from my memory. You know, I'm supposed to be musically adept or talented <laughs> or, you know, right? It's been said. Yeah, That's it's been said. said yeah. Right? But... I told you I am an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm so excited to see what happens. Yeah, okay. Well, so so am I. <laughs> so, okay. So here's your first clip. It's by the artist Vitamin C. The song is called Graduation Friends Forever.
So uh, I suppose uh, the ostinato is what? Packlebell's Canon or something like that. Exactly. Okay. All right. So exactly. All right. See, so I can't even predict my own failure. You see? <laughs> All right, here's, a, here's another opportunity to succeed or fail. To fail. No, no, I, I, I relish all opportunities to fail. Uh, this, is, this is a Billy Joel song titled mm. This Night. Uh yeah, I, I know the tune. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. It's hard to yes, separate it from the context the, of a Billy Joel the, song. It's it's the second movement of the Beethoven uh Patetique sonata. Yeah, that's right. Sonata Patetique. That's right. You know, just just a quick side question. You started playing cello when you were four, correct? That's correct. So, but you played violin and failed at that before that. What? When did you start playing violin? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, it's by a process of subtraction. <laughs> I was before I was four. <laughs> I think I think I was two and a half or something, and and my sister was four years older, and and she was very good, and I was very bad, and and gave it up. And, and it was, you know, my parents thought, well, the boy's just not musically talented. I love the idea of your parents giving you a chance to play violin when you're, you know, two and a half years old and then saying, oh, this kid is no good. Exactly. <laughs> this two and well, a half year old is no good at violin. Obviously not. Obviously. Can't read, can't yeah. play violin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, that's right. And my, my parents, yeah, they were, they were quick judges. <laughs> But you know what? I have grandsons who is now like four. And and when I play an instrument for a while, he was interested in listening. And I thought, wow, kid, kid's really talented. And, yeah. and then he figured out how to open the case, how to take the cello out, how to do everything. And then he wants to kind of take over. I said, you know, I don't want competition. Just, just, <laughs> That's you know, right. Just, like, just stay away, you know, because I, I need my job. That's right. And that's the one that's not insured, right? Exactly. That's the one that's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, okay, here's another one for you. We have a few more. Uh, this song is by the R&B group In Vogue. Ooh. Nice. Um, yes, this is from, uh, the Nutcracker. Da, da, that is da, correct. Da, 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 yeah, absolutely. Da, 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 da. That's my, my grandson's favorite piece right now is the oh, Nutcracker. Yeah? yeah. He just loves it. All right. This is the last question for you. This okay. one is from the Beach Boys and it's called Lady Linda. Nice. This is uh, from uh, 
Bach, Yezu, mm-hmm. Band of Joy, Desiring. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Well, yeah, guess what? Guess what? You got them all right. Well, you know what? That is an anomaly. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I resent that. Uh, you beg to differ. Yeah, I do. What I just a- have to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. This is great. Thank you for having me. Yo-Yo Ma, Beginner's Mind is available exclusively on Audible and is free to all U.S. listeners. That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Julia Melfi and senior writers Camilla Franklin and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seichow, James Sparber, and Ramel Wood. And this week, we say goodbye and good luck to our amazing intern, Sophie Hernandez, Simeonithas. Refashioned Zen inside his home. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs>